This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for joining us in this morning's show. Talking all things Arsenal, of course, and updating you about everything that's going on in our world of the glorious club that we follow. Um, I, <laughs> I left a comment. Uh, well, I, I made a comment, I think, on one of the videos uh, at the start of one of the videos uh, a couple of days ago. Where I said, uh, which a few people have commented on and said that I, I use the words, we follow this club unwaveringly, unknowingly, and sometimes stupidly. That, that I think, does sum up uh, our support of this club because it is absolutely committal and we follow it through, through thick and thin, well, most of us anyway. Uh, and we'll just, we're a, we're a glutton for punishment. We really are. Uh, but this season, we've been rewarded, I think, with all the years that we've struggled with, hopefully. This time around, we're going to see some more positive uh, response from our team. And maybe, who knows, uh, a title at the end of the season. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, But good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Mike in Perth, good morning to you, to David, to Stevie, to Yomi. Um, Pini Ween, uh, Temi, uh, Francois, Stephen, uh, Machiavelli, Nav. uh, We've got Josh. We've got uh, Rich, Martin, uh, Bjorn again, Josh, uh, Guna Jake, uh, Christopher, uh, Michael uh, and Kev as well. Thank you so much, guys, and everybody else for joining us. Darren T, welcome to the channel as a brand new member. Really appreciate your time as always, and uh, and for the support that you bring to the channel as well. It really, really does, uh, really does help, and really does help us out here. So thank you for that. Um, let's crack on with today's stories. First of all, uh, Liverpool were humbled in the Champions League last night, losing five two to Real Madrid. I remember doing shows, I think it must have been about a year ago, maybe over a year ago, 
where Vinicius Jr. wasn't really playing for Real Madrid and Arsenal were linked with potentially signing him on loan with an option to buy. And I remember the amount of um, like resistance to the idea of signing Vinicius Jr. on loan. People saying he's not good enough, he's flopped at Madrid. I think it's just very much a case of you, you don't really, you can't judge a player uh, based upon a, a short amount of time at a club and you really do have to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. And I also think that you have to look at what they're capable of, their potential, and also what they could do in another team. And I think there might be parallels, you know, to be drawn between Vinicius and Ansu Fati as well. We've been linked to Ansu Fati at Barcelona. And a lot of people are just kind of like, no, don't, don't care, don't want uh, Ansu Fati, too injury prone, hasn't been the same player. You know, I think that we have to be more, I don't think we have to be as cutthroat with our opinions on specific players because we see that things can change very quickly, whether they're at the same club or whether they move. I think that we can see that they are capable of of growing, developing, improving. So let's not uh, rule out any players just for the sake of it. Uh, Thierry Henry uh, spoke to James Bench uh, and has been speaking to a number of, of outlets, but I think actually spoke mainly to CBS yesterday and our good friend of the show, James Bench, talking about Arsenal, talking about what he thinks uh, about titles and the potential to win the title. He says, are we going to win the league? I don't know. But it looks like the Arsenal I know. At the end of the day, you can't fool fans. They scream, they're there, and they have that attitude because they see something and that's why they're loud. It's a different emotion. Now everything is okay. Why would anyone want to disturb anything by changing the owners when he was asked about that? It's all I wanted. Whether it was me in or me out, I wanted Arsenal to be successful and that's the main point. Uh, I'm glad they asked him about kind of the ownership situation because, of course, that was something that would um, certainly have, have come up if I was talking to him. But if you want to see the full interview with James Benz, you can do that on the CBS uh, YouTube channel. Just type in Thierry Henry, James Benz, or Thierry Henry, CBS, and I'm sure it will come up. Um, Jorginho has been speaking as well. He's done an interview uh, with media talking specifically about his own uh, experiences since joining Arsenal and how welcome um, he's been kind of welcomed into the group. And specifically, he talked about Granit Xhaka. Um, He says, yes, I'm happy to be playing with him, as in Xhaka. We had a few fights on the pitch before, but outside the pitch, he's a really nice guy and we have good laughs now. Um, he continued by saying, yes, outside the pitch, I asked him the other day where I could go for dinner around here and he booked me in and didn't let me pay as well. I was like, okay, thank you very much. So yeah, he's a really nice guy and I'm glad that I can see this other part of him. And we know what Xhaka's like. Xhaka, before he steps onto that football field, is one player. As soon as he steps onto the football field, he turns into someone else. And that's how football is. That That is just part and parcel of what a footballer has to go through. Off the pitch, you could be friends, but on the pitch, you know, you are fighting tooth and nail for your team. And uh, I think we see that with with Xhaka every time. But I love the welcoming aspect uh, of all of this, how good the team is at welcoming new players into the group and the family feel that we get around the club. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. Now, Arsenal have had four fixtures changed because of TV coverage, which has created a bit of a... It's created some chaos, uh, it's fair to say. I'll talk about what that is. But our April, and this is now what April looks like, starting on Saturday 1st, we play Leeds United at home at 3pm. So that will be a non-televised game. On Sunday the 9th, we play Liverpool away from home at Anfield at 4.30pm. On Sunday the 16th, uh, we play West Ham United away from home at 2pm. 
And then we are scheduled to play on Friday the 21st against Southampton at home at 8pm. I'll come back to that shortly. Wednesday 26th, we're meant to play Manchester City away from home at 8pm. And then on Saturday, Saturday the 29th, again, just three days after that Wednesday game, at 5.30pm, we're meant to play Chelsea at home. Uh, very, very difficult April period there with Liverpool, City and Chelsea and, of course, away trips to, to West Ham United. Now, that Southampton game that I mentioned on the Friday the 21st, we are supposed to have Europa League games should we progress to the next round of the competition and into the quarterfinals. So if Arsenal do beat whoever they are drawn against and the draw for the Europa League takes place this Friday, whoever we do um, get, if we are able to progress past them, Arsenal will then see that game against Southampton moved to Sunday. Now, what that means is, is that Arsenal will play at 7pm on Sunday before they play Manchester City on the Wednesday, away from home, before they then play Chelsea the following Saturday at the Emirates. It is an incredibly ridiculous fix, uh, fixture schedule for Arsenal, but there isn't too much they can do about it. The only thing they really could have done for me is have moved the Chelsea game to the Sunday. Why they've put Arsenal on Saturday against Chelsea, I have I mean, I do have an idea. <laughs> I'd rather not talk about it verbally, but they have made it exceptionally difficult for Arsenal um, in, in April. What I would say is, though, is if Southampton do progress to the semi-finals of the FA Cup, which is a very realistic probability, they've got Grimsby in the fifth round, and then they will be, if they manage to beat Grimsby in the fifth round, they will have a quarter-final tie against uh, one of the teams that still remain in the competition. You could have the likes of Man United, Man City, Spurs, Brighton, um, West Ham, I think, are still in it as well. All these teams that are still in it. If they beat whoever they have after Grimsby in the quarter-final, Arsenal will have a weekend off before the game against Man City because the FA Cup semi-finals are due to take place on April 22nd. So there is a chance that either Arsenal will play three games in seven days or Arsenal will play three games in the space of uh, nine days, uh, which obviously is a much better uh, scenario. Maybe even more than that, maybe 10 days. Um uh, because of the Europa League game on Thursday, then playing again on the Wednesday and then playing again on the Saturday. So, yeah, ten, around 10 days, they'll have three games. But if Southampton get knocked out um, of the FA Cup by either Grimsby or whoever they face in the quarterfinal or Arsenal don't um, progress past their Europa League quarterfinalist, then what we'll see is Arsenal play on that Sunday uh, against Southampton. So, Yes, plenty to do. The Arsenal website didn't really have that correct. So I wanted to make sure it was clear as possible. I hope I've made that so because there were some, I think, errors in the Arsenal website post about when the game would be played. So there you go. In short, if Southampton gets to the semi-finals of the FA Cup, we won't have a game that weekend. If Southampton are knocked out and we uh, progress through to the quarterfinals of the Europa League, we'll play Southampton on the Sunday. If Southampton are knocked out and we are knocked out of the Europa League before the quarterfinals, we'll play them on that Friday. So that's the three different scenarios that could happen for us. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be a bit chaotic during that month, that's for sure. Now, uh, two big stories to talk about. First of all, Mohamed Elneny has signed a brand new contract at Arsenal. This is not, uh, just to be sure on this and so that you're clear on this, this is not the activation of the option in his contract. This is not Arsenal activating that one-year option. This is a brand new 
renegotiated contract for one year that will expire in 2024. Now, it's the understanding of Mark Man Bryans that he uh, will be on a reduced, this is a reduced salary contract that has been signed. And I think that starts either from now or it might activate a lower wage at the end of this season. But this is a reduced terms contract. El Nenny is expected to be injured until at least the end of the season, people seem to believe. They don't think he'll be back at all this season and could be out for the majority of it. And what this is, is Arsenal showing their class. This is Arsenal showing their community and family feel about the group. El Nenny has been a very, very committed servant to Arsenal Football Club. He's a very important member of the dressing room and having him around the squad is really key. He's also been taking part in coaching courses with Granite Xhaka. They've been doing their UEFA licenses in coaching. And you don't, I wouldn't be surprised if after his contract finishes in 2024, if there wasn't a, if he didn't want to, if he say wanted to end his career in 2024, that there would be potential for him to continue with Arsenal in a coaching capacity because he is learning that uh, coaching role and coaching and badges as well this is a really great um thing I, I i'd be shocked to be honest i haven't really been on social media yesterday to look at this topic but i say i'd be shocked if people were moaning about this i'm sure somewhere someone is moaning about this um but i think this is a great example of and it's a great kind of um, thing to set out to potential signings uh, as well. You look at, if you're an outside person looking in on Arsenal and you see them looking after their players like this, I think it shows Arsenal certainly is a, um, a club that is willing to look after their players that have been at the club for a significant period of time um, and are going to be doing that for the foreseeable future because obviously his injury means that he's going to be running out for the season. He would be going into the summer transfer window injured without a club. It would leave him um, in a very precarious position so who knows i might be sure i might be surprised there might be still people out there moaning about this there usually are but uh i think this is a great thing for for Arsenal to show it's actually what arsenal did with santi cazula it's what arsenal did with Mikel arteta and it certainly shows the class of arsenal and why arsenal are a club that i love and support so much um let's move on to our headline story simon collings reported yesterday morning that Partey is not to be rushed back uh from his back tightness and uh, when you look at the Jorginho success that he's had in the last couple of games, Arsenal don't feel as though he um, Arsenal don't feel as though that they need to rush Partey back. And I think this is a great situation to be in because if it was the other way around and we hadn't have signed Jorginho and we had Laconga, I think Arsenal probably would have rushed Partey back. And if they'd have done that, we don't know what the longer term impacts for the rest of the season and the availability of uh, Partey on the on the rest of the season as well. So for me, that's great. The fact that he's not being rushed back. Now, Arteta said that he it's only a minor problem. It's only an issue that should keep him out for about a week or so. So he might not be available for Leicester, although there is hope that he will be in that squad. But he didn't train yesterday. Um, but there'll be hope, of course, that Partey will be returning maybe for Everton next week. But the club don't feel like they need to rush him back Um whatsoever which is obviously a real positive as well so yes uh fingers crossed Partey will be back available fit and ready for the game against Everton who knows maybe Leicester but most likely Everton okay let's move to part two and your questions right after this
Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Uh, Matt says, when you're at games and get to ask players questions, do they know you're an Arsenal fan? Do you think that has a impact on their response? Um, it's a really good question, um, ironically. Do they know that I'm an Arsenal fan? I mean, I have worn Arsenal hoodies in the mix zone, so I, I guess sometimes they might if they pick up on that but I don't tend to do that that often. Um, I think I've only done it on a couple of occasions. It's not, I don't think, I think if you wore an Arsenal shirt into the press box, it'd be a bit weird. I kind of just wear kind of subtle Arsenal things, like a hoodie with an Arsenal cannon on it or the the new, the, the white one that I wear on the show sometimes. I think if you have a more subtle thing, it's fine. I've never been picked up on it. I actually walked into the Arsenal home press lounge and a few of the Arsenal guys that were there picked up on the hoodie and said how much they enjoy it. They they liked the design of, of the new stuff that's coming out. So unless the, the players have seen that, um, but I'm trying to think if I've ever been in the mix zone wearing anything like that. Um, I, I was at Man City, but no players stopped because obviously we lost that game and the players don't tend to stop if we don't win, unfortunately. It's the way that it goes. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think so. I suppose the challenge will be wearing the TGT cap. <laughs> <laughs> in the mix zone. Oh, dear. It's representing TGT uh, when chats to players. But no, when I chatted with Zinchenko, what was I wearing? I mean, you can see me in that video of the press box that's going around in the bottom left-hand corner. So I think I was just wearing a jacket and a jumper. So <laughs> I don't think I was wearing anything that would show that I'm an Arsenal fan um, there. But maybe. I don't know if that changes their answers if they're aware of the fact that I support the club. Certainly the club know I do because I've spoken to the people at the club about the fact that I do the content here. So... Um, I don't know if that would change anything. Um, let's go to NVR, who says, um, Tom, didn't you used to have a show rating the last game performances out of 10? Yeah, me and Raf used to do that. Um, but it just, uh, because of my work and my job, it just didn't work out um, time-wise. So I was going to the game so often and working into the late hours of the evening, even if I was working it from home. So it just didn't, uh, it never worked out for me and Raf and his schedule, of course, as well. Um, also, El Nenny, surely we can let him use the facilities without having to pay him again. I just think this is the wrong way to approach that, um, wrong way to approach the El Nenny situation. There is absolutely nothing wrong with Arsenal, what Arsenal have done uh, with El Nenny's reduced term contract. Um, it shows the class of the club. It shows um, the community feel, the family feel. And creating that dynamic and the, the, the essence of the dressing room and keeping that togetherness. It's no point. I mean, imagine if like, because El Nenny is a really crucial part of the dressing room and a really integral friend uh, and family aspect feel of the group and one of the most experienced heads in the group as well. Not only that, he's a decent backup. Like that's the thing I think people are forgetting as well. Like he's better than Lukonga. If he plays, if there's an opportunity to play CDM at six, I'd rather start El Nenny over Lukonga. And if you have a spate of injuries or if you have a competition that you need to rotate for, if you have a fit El Nenny, He's an absolutely fine player to bring into the team. A fine player to bring into the team if you want to rotate out or if you've got serious injuries for, say, a low-level fixture like a League Cup game or a Europa League group stage game or, you know, or if you've got a, a mega injury issue. There's no issue having an experienced headlight on any in there whatsoever. So that's the footballing aspect for starters. It doesn't impact our transfers. It doesn't stop us from signing anybody. It's not going to stop us from uh, introducing a pathway for Charlie Patino because it's not going to stop that route either, because you can just play him over. If, if Patino deserves to play, he'll play. It's, we don't have to give El Nenny minutes in the same way. 
And as I said before, he's on a reduced term contract. It's just about showing that you're looking after players. It shows that Arsenal is a good place to move to. It shows that it's a club that looks after its players. And you want to have that reputation. You don't have a reputation of being a club that just hangs you out to dry. If you get injured at the end of your contract, you sling your hook, see you later. You don't want that reputation as a club. I mean, if that's what you want Arsenal to have as a reputation, <laughs> that's on you. Um, but, you know, it's it's just certainly not what I want to see uh, at Arsenal. And I want to see Arsenal doing these types of gestures. I think that's the right thing. It's like the Marquinhos thing. A lot of people still take issue with the fact that Edu um, decided to not exploit the um, the contract ending uh, with or the, the kind of, not the contract ending, but there was kind of a, a situation where we could have exploited Marquinhos's situation to sign him on a free from Sao Paulo instead of paying them the three and a half million euros that we did. By paying the three and a half million euros that we did to Sao Paulo, what we've done is we've maintained and strengthened a relationship between this club and one of the most successful clubs in Brazil at producing young talents like Casemiro, David Neres. Um, there's one other one that skipped my mind as well. Um, did Lucas Moura used to play uh, for Sao Paulo? But they they have produced some of the, the, the best young Brazilian talents that have gone on to be really successful in Europe. and. Obviously, if you can maintain strength in that relationship, improve your future negotiations with other players, um, then obviously we we are in a much better position as well. Um, I'm not going to have libelous comments in the chat box, so you can get lost. Um, let's go to Steve, who says, LJ, uh, LJ, if you got injured at the job, wouldn't you expect to be looked after? Oh, I'm assuming this is responding to someone called LJ. <laughs> um, here we go. Yes, LJ said, imagine getting paid by your employer just to show up. It's like me just showing up to work with a realistic chance of never having to hit any targets, but getting paid quite decently for doing so. If you get injured at work, if you get injured at work, and it's not your fault, no. Uh, if you get injured at work, don't you get like paid? Isn't there like a paid system? Like after you, I'm pretty sure if you're ill, or if you get injured, or you can't work for an experience, an extended period of time, like aren't you kept on and paid less? I mean, to compare this to to a work that we have or a different job is is doesn't work anyway. But theoretically, I'm pretty sure that you get paid if you can't work and you're injured. Bear in mind, this guy's still under contract right now. He's still under contract this very moment. It's not like his contract ended this moment. Um, anyway, I really can't get my head into the mindset. Um, so there, Charlie says, I've got six months full pay and six months half pay when I was unable to work. So I hope, LJ, that answers your question. I just can't get my head in the... I just can't get my head into the mindset of somebody who would say that we should just get rid of El Elneny when his contract's ending and he's injured, when we're instead, we can look after the player who's been a fantastic servant to us, um, has been here through trophies, trophy wins, got loads of experience, is brilliant for the young players, a really good integral aspect of the dressing room. We're not paying him as much as we were anyway because we've got him on a reduced contract that we'll probably be paying him even less because obviously he's not going to be playing as much. And not only that, but he's a decent player on top of that fact as well, to try and get my head into the head of someone that thinks that that's a bad idea, I can't. I just can't find myself thinking why on earth they would think it's a good idea to give you as a club a reputation of t- telling a player to to get lost because they're injured and to not renew. I just can't get my head into that mind space. Just, maybe it's just me. 
Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, Michael says, is Marquinhos getting any minutes in Norwich? I think he's got a slight injury, so he's missed um, the last couple of games. Uh, he had a little bit of a... I think he had a leg injury, a muscular injury. He's just missed the last couple of games. Hopefully he gets into the team very soon. Um, let's go to... Hi, Tom, says Kabenga says, you need to skip the on any questions. Whoever doesn't understand the meaning of good... Uh, should remain ignorant of it. Uh, Francois says, Tom, only people who don't understand the dynamics of a team, team spirit and team philosophy doesn't. I just, I mean, if you think that if you're not on board with this idea, I'd love to get a genuine explanation other than like trying to compare it to a real world example or like trying to explain to me the, the benefit of letting, what's the benefit of letting him go that's greater than keeping the reputation that we have right now of looking after players, of keeping a player that's been integral in the dressing room, uh, of keeping a player that's a really good force for the young players and the new players that come in and welcoming him into the group and keeping a player that's also doing their coaching badges and could become a future part of the setup at the club as well. If anyone can give me a good explanation as to why one-year contract on reduced terms is not is better to get rid of him than receive all of those benefits, I'm all is. But until I get that, I just can't get my head around why you'd not want to see it happen. Um Let's try and get some questions around some other topics. Uh, Christian says, what are the updates on Smith Rowe, Jesus and Nelson? Uh, Jesus still continues to be out, but is doing some ball work outside. So hopefully we're getting close to seeing him come back. Smith Rowe and Nelson are both fit, ready to play. They will be on the bench for the game on Saturday against Leicester. Who knows? We might be able to see them in the team. Um, so we might see them, if depending on the result and depending on the scoreline, we might have the opportunity uh, to play. So fingers crossed. Uh, Lev, there you go. Jesus News. Um, he's outside working with the ball. So start of March, hopefully, we can see Jesus back in the Arsenal squad. Just remember, though, Emil Smith-Rowe was training with the team for two to three weeks uh, and was in the images, the videos, the photos in training before we saw him on the bench. We haven't even seen Jesus training with the group yet. So until he's until he's training with the group or until we see him training with the group, he still might be two plus weeks away. And we've not seen that yet. So that's going to be a good indication of when we might see him back is when we start seeing him doing some proper training with the group, with the ball in sessions. That's when we're going to be getting close. But we've not seen that yet. Um, but another club are trying to keep things very, very much downplayed on Jesus. So uh, maybe they wouldn't even show it if he was doing it. Um, Aditya says, hi, Tom. Now that our schedule has changed, will we act uh, in the Europa League with the same intensity or will all of our focus be on the Premier League? I think we'll see significant changes to the team. Obviously, it will depend upon what fixtures surround those Europa League games. I think Arteta will want to progress through that competition. The opportunity to win European silverware is very real this season. Arsenal's record in the Europa League is good. We've reached the semi-finals or higher in three of our last four attempts at this competition. So there's an expectation to get to at least the semis, maybe the final uh, and, and certainly perhaps even win it this season. And I think that we can win it alongside our Premier League games because we've got a squad that I think is enabling. If you look at our second team, right now we can play a second squad of uh, Matt Turner, Tommy Asu, Rob Holding, Kivior, Tierney, uh, Jorginho if Partey's fit, um, Fabio Vieira, Smith-Rowe as kind of the attacking two in midfield. And then you can play in a front three, Nelson, one of Jesus or Nketiah, um, and on the left-hand side, you can use... I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I suppose you could still use one of the main starters, like Martinelli still. But I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Mario Kojadubri, I don't think, would come in for the Europa League. Um, you could play Smith-Rowe out there, and then you could play somebody else in midfield. I think we've got 
great amount of depth in the squad. So I'm not concerned about it whatsoever. I think we've got enough opportunities to rotate as well. Uh, Camera says, are you heading to the King Power? I am indeed. I'll be up there uh, on Saturday, continuing to bring good luck and joy and spread all that happiness as I do at every away game. <laughs> um, Sam says, Tom, it's like the Liverpool fans last night. Um, Klopp should saying Klopp should leave or be sacked. Have they forgot how much he's done for them? No loyalty anymore, sad times. Yeah. The thing about Liverpool is that, unfortunately, despite Klopp being a brilliant manager, which he is, the situation around Klopp is that they've made some really bad decisions in the market. They've not They've not backed Klopp enough in regards to his midfield. The midfield's in a really bad place and they've not been able to uh, kind of overturn the ageing aspect of their group quick enough and they didn't, make, they didn't make decisions smartly enough. You look at Arsenal right now. Arsenal are in a situation where they've brought in a lot of young players but they're continuing to bring in young players like Gabriel is getting to 24, closing on 25 and we bring in a 22-year-old centre-back in Kivior to be his backup and, and, uh, and rotational option. So it's about that continual overturn cycle of bringing in quality of young players so that you're never in a position where you've got an ageing group um, that you don't replace. And I think Liverpool ultimately failed in that aspect. Uh, Maximia says, hi, Tom, with our squad reasonably stronger, would you be more confident with our April fixtures pile-up? And in short, yes. Yes, I would. Um, oh, and by the way, I can see your comments. I don't really know what you were talking about in the comment section. Um, Dan and Dylan says, guys, honestly, there are so many benefits of having El Neni around. It's not all about what happens on the pitch. Um, let's go to... Uh, Mikey says, the guy moaning is... Look, if you've got if you've got a problem with the El Neni thing, I, I don't mind, you know, throw Trossard. I can't believe I forgot Trossard, by the way. I see you guys are saying Trossard now. Um, if you've got an issue with El Neni... Put your views across in a in just like a way that's I don't think he should stay because XYZ, not because he's and you start using, you know, terrible language to describe a player. I again it just I can never get it. Uh, Tavares, people are saying bring him back. Uh yes. How did I forget Trossard? That's ridiculous. How did I do that? Unbelievable. Uh, JDB says, uh, Tom, thoughts on Fabio Vieira and Smithrow and Jorginho for our midfield in the Europa League? Who would play our Xhaka and Odegaard role? I wonder because Xhaka's role requires defending too. Would Smithrow or Vieira do it? I think it would be more likely that Smithrow played on the left and uh, Fabio Vieira on the right. I think that Smithrow occupies a lot of the same spaces that, of course, um, Xhaka had occupied uh, earlier in the season when Smithrow was playing kind of on the left wing. They certainly did kind of... Um, move inside and they occupy a lot of the same areas now so I think Smith-Rowe can play the Xhaka role yes we might be a bit more vulnerable defensively but then you've got Kivior and, and Tierney behind that position arguably Tierney gives you more coverage defensively so I think that we would be fine uh, using in that in that position um Lev says any truth in Declan Rice news re being agreed in agreed terms revealed in the 442 article yesterday Declan Rice agreed terms let's have a quick look um, so 442, uh, Ed McCambridge has reported that Declan Rice will join Arsenal at the end of the season with five-year deal agreed between the Gunners and the England International. That is according to media outlet Football Insider. Okay, so it's not 442. They're citing Football Insider who claim Rice will be paid £200,000 a week at the Emirates, a huge rise on his current £60,000 per week contract. Now, the best thing to do in these types of situations is to... 
look at the original source article. Uh, agreed terms. Let's have a quick look. Football Insider. Arsenal in pole position. We talked about this article a while ago. So the article on Football Insider. Arsenal lead Premier League rivals in the race to sign West Ham captain Declan Rice after further encouragement behind the scenes, sources have told Football Insider. Sources with an understanding of the 24-year-old situation have revealed that the Gunners are in sustained contact with Rice's representatives ahead of a summer deal. Arsenal are trying to steal a march on their rivals by negotiating an agreement with Rice before the end of the season. The England international is widely expected to leave West Ham in the off-season when he will have just 12 months left to run on his contract. His precarious uh, contract situation means West Ham are only likely to be able to command a fee of between 70 to 80 million for their most saleable asset. It is also believed that the Premier League leaders are willing to hand Rice a long-term contract worth in excess of £200,000 per week, a step up on his reported current £60,000 per week wages. Now, I'm just skim reading slightly further down this article, but and I'll leave a link to this so you guys can cross-reference as well. I don't see anywhere in that article, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't see anywhere in that article where 442 have then gone, uh, Declan Rice will, the first sentence of 442's article is, Declan Rice will join Arsenal at the end of the season with five-year deal agreed between the Gunners and the international and the England International. That is according to Football Insider, who claim Rice will be paid £200,000 per week at the Emirates Stadium. Now, I've just read through to you that article uh, of, of Football Insider. Nowhere in that article of Football Insider does it say that they've got an agreement. All it says is they're in pole position, as in they're leading the race, which in itself is a very broad term. They've suggested that it will, the information they've suggested that they've got is two things. One, that they think that the 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 contract that they were willing to hand to him is £200,000 a week and that West Ham will be willing to sell him between 70 and £80 million. So this is what I'm, I always, always, always encourage people to read the full article, not just headlines, because the headline of 442's article saying Declan Rice agrees terms with Arsenal ahead of summer switch in which they then reference Football Insider and the Football Insider article doesn't say anywhere, anywhere at all, that Declan Rice has agreed terms with Arsenal. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, what can I say? It says Arsenal are in pole, the, the, the Football Insider article's headline is Arsenal are in pole position to sign Declan Rice on £200,000 per week deal after new talks. Nowhere in that headline does it say Arsenal have agreed the deal. And this is what I always say to people like, you need to read the full article. You need to make sure you read where the source information comes from and then read the source information as well. Like one of the most annoying things, and look, a part of my job is always to give my view on things that are reported by other outlets. So if I write a piece, I don't know if there's a, an example on my page that I can show you. Um, it's been a while since the transfer window, so I've not necessarily been writing about transfers at all. But let's say, for example, um, that, I don't know, uh, let's name an outlet in Italy. Calcio Mercato, our favourite salt shakers. Yeah, um, let's say they write an article that is that says that Arsenal have an interest in signing Victor Ozyman, right? And so, part of my job is to uh, discuss kind of articles that are written elsewhere and to discuss news that's being talked about. So I might then write an article that references Calcio Mercato saying that Arsenal are interested in signing. Victor Ozymen, according to Calcio Mercato, because that's the information that they've reported. After that, I'd then kind of give my view 
on things. I'd give what I think about the player, how likely I think a deal is, what he could bring to Arsenal, you know, all those types of things. But what I've just read there is not that. This is Football Insider claiming that Arsenal are leading the race to sign a player that they think they would offer £200,000 per week and then someone taking that information and turning it into something completely different. Completely different. So, yeah, it's frustrating because then I get people like yourself, Lev, you unfortunately have have, um, read that and it's not your fault because you've read that headline, you've read that bit that says we've agreed a deal um, when that's not the case. We've not agreed a deal at all. Um, and and nowhere in the Football Insider article does it claim we've agreed a deal. Um, so, you know, that that is, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, Gavin, thank you so much for the membership. Really appreciate your time uh, and your support of the channel. Uh, welcome very much to the TGT family. Um, Marcus says, sack the writer. No, look. This, this needs to be changed. This whole aspect around sacking people. We're so quick to say sack people. Like, I don't want to see people sacked. I want to see people improve. I want to see people held accountable for their mistakes and not make them again. You know, that's what I want to see. There's <laughs> always kind of this whole thing about sacking people. Um, and says, let's talk Champions League because we will be there next season, no doubt. Do you believe we have enough striking firepower um, to progress past the last 16. I'd go for an Ozzyman to get us through. Do I think we have enough strike power? Well, if Balogun joins us next season and we've got Nketiah, Balogun, Jesus, is that enough for a team in the Champions League next season? I mean, on paper, you'd say a player that's like Jesus is clearly a top, top, bordering on world-class player, arguably world-class. A player in Nketiah who's done a decent job in his response and the player who's currently leading the goal-scoring chance, uh, charts in, in Liga. I'll tell you what, if Balogun wasn't an Arsenal player and Balogun was just a, a Rons player playing in France and leading uh, Liga and on the same amount of goals as Kylian Mbappe, how many of us would be saying, oh, we should be going to sign that Balogun guy? You know, in France, I look at him, he looks great. He's English. He doesn't need any time to transition. He's got a Premier League experience. Um, he's playing under an English, uh, half English, half Belgian coach, I think. Um, so we'd all be going mad about potentially signing Balogun, wouldn't we? So it's just, it's, it's just like uh, if we'd have signed, say, Balogun in the summer and we added him to Jesus and to Nketi, we'd be thinking, yeah, we've got, we've got some great options. <laughs> we've got some really good forward options. And I remember that a lot of people wanted to see us sign Jonathan David, as a potential forward to come into the team as well, you know, still playing in Lille. And if we'd have brought him in, who's not scored as many goals, or maybe or maybe as many goals as Balogun, we'd be saying, yeah, David, uh, Jesus and Ketia. It's a great three options for the strikers for the season. So if we do bring back Balogun, I think Balogun and Ketia, Jesus is a good core of three forwards. Plus, if you can bring in a wide player, I still think we need to look at bringing in a wide player um, to kind of back up... Um, Bakaya Saka's position. If Reese Nelson's going to move on, I think we need to bring another forward in. So yeah, I think that we look at. Um, I think you look at the, the the forward options, and you'd say one more striker, one more winger. Take out Nelson. Um, Balogun can be the forward option. Perfect. You know, I think that would be fine. So yeah, in the summer, I'd say bring back Balogun, bring another wide forward in. Jobs are good. I think we need another midfielder coming in in the summer. And I think we need a right back. So in the summer, kind of my shopping list right now is a right back, a centre midfielder, a right winger, 
and bringing Balogun back and keeping him. If he goes, then you need to bring in a striker. So I think that would be my that would be what I would like to see. Potentially a left back, depending on what happens with Tierney and Tavares. Like you have to take that into account. It depends on who else leaves as well. So that's potentially something else that we need to do. Uh, Henke Hall says, uh, Mason Mount for the left eight role. Contract ends in the summer of 24. Could be a great signing. I tell you what, if you could sign De- uh, if you could Declan Rice, if you could sign Mason Mount on a free transfer, absolutely go and do it. I think he's great. I really, really like Mason Mount. I think he's been really underused and underappreciated at Chelsea. I think he's a player that under Thomas Tuchel was doing well. I think he's a player that has come through that club. And when they're now going out and spending silly amounts of money on players, He's really become underappreciated. The problem with Mason Mount is we kind of already have him in Smith Rowe. There are a lot of similarities between Smith Rowe and uh, and Henke Ho. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, we'll necessarily see um, that happen. But I would sign De- I would sign uh, Mason Mount. I like Mason Mount a lot. Uh, I think we had a super chat from Master Roshi who says, any suggestion for an alternative striking option with the fullbacks in mind other than Martinelli, Eddie, Saka for the variety of attacking potency? Um, I mean, what, within the group right now? Or are we talking about the transfer? No, within the group right now, um, I, I, the fullback options that we use right now being Zinchenko and White. Trossard's the only one that you look at coming into that front three. I'd like to see him using a centre-forward position. I think it's something that could work. Jesus is obviously coming back. You've got Nelson on the bench. If you're looking at an option in the summer, I've just discussed Balogun, of course. But in regards to... um, Oh, people are saying I've frozen. Have I frozen? Have I frozen? I'm hoping I've not frozen. I'm back. Apparently, I'm back. Um, Super Jack killed the stream. Um, Apparently, I'm back. Sorry, I froze for a second. I think that uh, in regards to that that super chat, if you didn't hear what I was saying, in the summer, we need to bring in a wide player. But the current options we've got right now, Leandro Trossard, obviously, is the player that you'd uh, that you'd look to, um, to to kind of bring in in that forward line. I think he could play at centre-forwards. I think that's something that we could ultimately see. Um, I'm going to wrap things up there because I'm concerned that uh, <laughs> we might be losing connection. I had no tell on this side of things that I'd lost connection. So... I hope it was only uh, for a few seconds or so. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. If you've got any thoughts on the Oneni situation, on the Partey situation, in terms of us not rushing him back, um, in terms of the, the the transfer stuff we talked about, in terms of Declan Rice, in terms of the articles that we've discussed today, please leave those in the comment section down below and leave your thoughts on any of the other topics that we've discussed today. Please also leave uh, a uh, like on the video. It really does help us out uh, on YouTube. And of course, uh, do indeed subscribe. Thank you to help us reaching 45,000 subs. Uh, We hit that yesterday. Thank you for everybody that's continued to help support the channel along this crazy, crazy journey. Uh, I continue to always bring up when we kind of reach a different um, milestone along the way. But to think that six years ago, we were doing like a weekly podcast on a Sunday and having a chat between our friends. And now, whilst we still do that, on top of that, we're going and being represented at games. We're talking to the players. It's, yeah, a crazy, crazy journey. So thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time, as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.